So, Dale, I don't know how much you know about therapy, but it usually starts by you telling me a little something about yourself. I thought there'd be couches and Kleenex and shit. Look at me, Sam. It's not your fault. Do you want to talk about some of those feelings? I love you. Obviously, you don't know me. So how is this supposed to work? You sit, I sit, we talk. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam. And I'm Dr. Fran. Welcome to Freudian Scripts. The podcast where we put your favorite TV shows and movies on the hypothetical couch to take a deeper dive into the way psychology is portrayed. We analyze the way therapy looks in entertainment, discuss the way psychological diagnoses are portrayed, and break down other psychological themes seen on our screens. As a reminder, Freudian Scripts is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your mental health professional with any questions and seek care if needed. The content and clips in today's episode may contain explicit language and mature and adult themes. And we're back today with another fun holiday-themed mini-session. I feel like last month and this month, we're really on a roll with the holiday-themed topics. It is the holiday season. (laughs) And we will be doing a Real Round-style mini-session today. So as a brief reminder, Medical Rounds are a series of professional meetings with hospital patients um, that usually consist of doctors, nurses, and other members of the healthcare team. And for our mini-sessions, we quote-unquote round on a specific topic, discussing clips and sharing information on that topic for our rounds. And so these mini-sessions may not have a ton of details, not as many details as we would let normally cover in a full-length episode, really deep diving on a specific movie or TV show, but rather today we'll be focusing on a more general topic um, that might be popular and that does not require you to have watched every single movie we'll be talking about today or have done a deep dive on anything that we'll be discussing. Yes, and especially for today's mini session, we're really going to be playing a variety of like clips um, and trailers and things of that nature. So there is nothing you have to have watched beforehand. Makes it super easy. And in fact, I have not watched a lot of the movies that we will be (laughs) discussing today as we will be discussing on our real rounds holiday Hallmark movies and why we love them. Or maybe not. (laughs) Or love to hate them. Christmas Tree Lane to build a big mall. My struggling music shop is on Christmas Tree Lane. Ow. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Just embarrassed because I hit myself in the face. Oi. Jeffrey? You came back to Christmas Tree Lane to work on the demolition? How could you? This was your home. <laughs> Whoa. You didn't demolish us, and instead you bought every piano from my piano shop just so the whole town could have pianos all over it for Christmas? (laughs) Wow. I have to tell you something. (sighs) My dad is Santa! So that is a TikTok from Nikki Dubes, who is a comedian. If you do not follow her, we definitely recommend checking out her stuff. She's really, really funny. Um, But she has a whole series where she plays a girl in a Hallmark movie. And they're just so spot on because, as we'll talk about today, there are a lot of things that we notice and stand out to us as being from a Hallmark holiday movie. 
Yeah, we thought it'd be really fun to cover this theme in general, or this almost like its own genre of movie <laughs> yeah. during this time, because these Hallmark movies are particularly popular when the, with their Christmas or their holiday theme. So although Hallmark or Lifetime movies get kind of a popular reputation for being year-round movies, they're particularly mm-hmm. hyped up and popular, and we've seen even recently come out on like other streaming services, not just Hallmark and Lifetime, um, but see that these come out a lot of different places. So we figured it'd be fun to talk a little bit more about like what are these movies? What is this kind of formula that we typically see? Why do we love to make fun of them? And why do we keep watching them over and over again? (laughs) Yes, Dr. Fran, I think you touched on a couple of, I think, important points too. Like you mentioned, these movies can be popular all year round. There's something about them that just makes them very addictive, right? We're drawn to them. So let's get into a little bit more specifically, we'll kind of call them Hallmark holiday movies uh, for the session today, but they are on various platforms. You know, we see them on Hallmark, Lifetime, Netflix, Amazon, etc. on different TV stations. We're going to talk about one today that was on Comedy Central. Um, but for the sake of just kind of brevity, we'll call it the Hallmark Christmas movie. So what really is a Hallmark holiday movie? So oftentimes we'll see like these common tropes or these common themes. I actually know someone who as a family activity, they have a list of all the common things that happen in Hallmark movies and they get points (laughs) depending on if these things happen or not, depending. And then they score the movie on like how good of a Hallmark movie based on like how many of these commonly seen things happen. So typically we might see the main character, often a woman traveling (laughs) to a small quaint town for something having to do with her job. She meets it's a love interest usually there's some kind of like friction or conflict like no he's <laughs> a jerk or something's going on too and then rich. yeah too rich oh no <laughs> um and somehow they find the spirit of christmas there's almost always snow involved <laughs> you don't really see a lot of these movies set in like the tropics where there's like no, no snow or anything um and through the spirit of christmas they fall in love lives are changed and usually the main character ends up staying in that small town to be with the love of her life and maybe abandons her big city job to run a Christmas tree farm or a bakery or whatever the profession is of this love interest. And usually the first profession is always some kind of like high-powered business executive like journalist or there's a lot of doctors or different professions Um, and I feel like it usually goes one or two ways. She either already loves Christmas and that's why she's like drawn to the small town or she like hates Christmas and then something draws her to the small town and she fall like falls in love even with Christmas itself. So yep. <laughs> um, we'll talk a little bit more about this, but there is a movie that actually came out on December 4th on Comedy Central um, that is it's in the spirit of a Hallmark Christmas movie. And we're going to listen to a quick snippet from that as they kind of describe the various reasons why the high powered businesswoman might come to such a small town during Christmas. I'm not just here for the upcoming bonfire fest, as lovely as it seems. Let me guess. You came to get away from the breakneck pace of your life as an executive in the city. No. (laughs) I am... Got fired? No. Widowed? No. Runaway bride? No. You inherited a bookstore here in town? No. You're a single mom whose husband ditched out on the family, and now you're here to meet up with a single dad whose wife ditched out on his family so you can blend both families together by Christmas? You came to run a Christmas children's chorus and find your own voice in the process? No. You have amnesia, wandered into town by accident, and won't remember your identity till Christmas morning? Your boyfriend is here for the winter, but he's secretly a prince of a small Slavic nation. You're here to track down the owner of a locket you found hidden away in a Christmas ornament. That's locked inside a music box. That's been hidden away in your attic for 40 years? No. Oh. Well, that only leaves one thing. You're being stalked by your ruggedly handsome ex-husband. 
but that's pretty rare for this time of year. It is. I like this clip a lot because, again, it just goes through this laundry list of different common themes you might see, or maybe even not so common. They kind of joke at the end about, like, well, that's a really rare one that we might see, but it might happen. <laughs> and, of course, each one is just more ridiculous than the next reasons why this person might be coming to this small town. Yes, and that movie, it's a really good one, actually, if you like Hallmark holiday movies. It's called Clusterfunk Christmas. It is on Comedy Central and it does a nice job of kind of really going through, as we'll talk about, kind of like that formula that Dr. Fran introduced making it like a Hallmark Christmas movie but also interjecting some like satire and some awareness of like, okay, we're following this like formula um, and it's really funny. I think one of the other things um, that Dr. Fran touched on in this kind of formula, like we mentioned, they usually fall in love and they decide to stay in a small town. But that's a really big piece of this, and we'll really dive more into that, but it is the happy ending. Usually these movies, all conflict is resolved, it kind of gets tied into a bow and we have a happy ending. We also have a short clip here from a really popular Christmas movie that was actually on Netflix called The Christmas Prince. So let's hear this one wrap up after a journalist had gone to a small town to investigate a prince and then runs away from him after they fall in love. What are you doing here? I never had the chance to say goodbye. Well, thank you. You don't have to thank me. I'm responsible for this whole mess in the first place. No, you opened a door that needed to be opened. That's what a great reporter does. Emily showed me your blog online. She did? Why didn't you publish it in your magazine? Too much schmaltz. Schmaltz? It means it was too sentimental. I I wrote the truth about you, that you're kind, compassionate, that you stole my cab, and that you're going to rule from the heart. Emily misses you terribly. So do I. I miss you too. Palace is a lonely place for a king. Without a queen. But my my whole life is in New York. We can come back as much as you want. But but my career, I, I I'm not ready. I to... don't want to make you give up anything, Amber. I could never leave my father. I can give him his own wing at the palace. Or I could buy him his own diner in Aldovia. Or we could just pick this one up and move it. (laughs) How long do you plan to keep a king on his knees? You haven't thought about this. I mean, we barely know each other. I've never been more certain of anything in my life. And I've been known to be indecisive. (laughs) Look, I know it's sudden, but... Um, So I will say this is probably one of the first like Hallmark style Christmas movies I had seen and got sucked into it. Ever? I think so. I don't think I had really watched a lot of the traditional like Hallmark ones. And then when they started coming up on Netflix, it was just too easy to watch them. So this is one of the first ones I watched and like was watching the whole thing being like, this is so cringeworthy and terrible, but I want to keep (laughs) watching it. And rewatching the scene is so entertaining because she's even saying like, wait, are you sure? This is kind of a crazy idea. Like, what about my job? What about my dad? What about this? And he's like, I'm just going to throw money at the problem. We'll move the restaurant. We'll buy your dad a a wing of my castle. We'll do this. And she still says yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And there have been many more of the Christmas princes. They went on to have yes. a, a, a wedding and then a baby. So, yeah. um, you know, I think it's funny, Dr. Fran, I, on the other hand... I'm a big fan of these types of movies and have been watching them for a long time. I'm the typical person that, like, one comes on, I know exactly what's going to happen, I can't turn it off, and then, like, three movies later, like, I'm like, I have to stop. (laughs) (laughs) And so far we've touched on this formula, some of the aspects that make these movies or maybe make people drawn to these movies. But before we kind of go more in-depth related to those factors, let's kind of discuss a brief history of the Hallmark-slash-holiday movie genre. Yeah, I thought this was really interesting because, again, we always hear about, like, the Hallmark Christmas movies, but I was curious to kind of think through, like, when did this start? Like, how did this get started? <laughs> um, not necessarily in the in the realm of Hallmark, but the first Christmas film ever made was called Santa Claus, and that was in 1898. So it was a minute-long silent film. Um, it was known at the time to be, like, a huge breakthrough in filmmaking and special effects, which we'll post the clip to it. It's literally the most basic but like you can understand it's a silent film it's like one of the first movies ever made but that's kind of what started the very first kind of like holiday themed film which then has evolved and maybe devolved in some ways into (laughs) what we know and see now um the idea of actually like running these continuous like holiday films like oh like all day every day um actually started in the 90s with abc family which i thought was surprising we think of hallmark as really being like the leader or the pioneer in these like holiday themed movies but abc family was the first one that started doing christmas movies in general so they would do their 25 days of christmas um and play not just their own movies but other movies and then finally hallmark kind of picked it up in 2011 and since then they've done something similar their countdown to christmas which is 24 hours seven days a week mostly with (laughs) their own original hallmark films that is really interesting and i think we've even seen this kind of progress for all holidays like for halloween for example i know abc family freeform you know they'll have like 31 days of like spooky movies and then you know then in christmas you have like 25 days of christmas and i know um, I want to say it is also the Hallmark Channel or Lifetime. I might be getting them mixed up. But one of them even does like Christmas in July. So there's like a brief mm. period in the summer where they kind of like revamp holiday movies. So I think now we see more and more of kind of these like holiday specific countdowns and like kind of focus on those types of films. Yeah. And it was interesting when I was reading it because we think of a lot of people as moving towards more of these like streaming platforms, like on demand, maybe not watching cable television as often. And a lot of the articles I was reading was really talking about how some of these types of um, like countdowns or like things like that are really what can keep cable going because people are still tuning in to watch this live. Whereas maybe other shows that are airing on like Monday nights, people are just watching later on demand somehow. But that for some reason, we still want to go in and watch these like countdown movies or these like Christmas movies are on all month. And I'll just turn on my TV and like Dr. Sam said, like get sucked into watching three in a row. (laughs) Exactly. I feel like that makes sense to me because you can just have it on the background. You can always find it. I've definitely been in the situation like whether it's like Halloween or maybe Christmas or some other type of movie where I really want to find it. And I try to find it like on all of the streaming services and it's hard to find or you have to pay for it. So sometimes like just having access to it on cable, I could see that being an appeal. And you mentioned Dr. Fran related to Hallmark now doing more of their own original content. So in 2018, 
Hallmark had produced 37 of its own original Christmas films um, and reached about 80 million people. So that is a huge audience related to this. And I think I had seen a statistic like in 2019 after that that was saying they were making over 40 movies um, of their own. So I don't know what that number is for this year, but it's definitely increasing every year and still has a very steady viewership. Yeah, absolutely. I think something's interesting that I was also reading was the budget or just like kind of how cost effective some of these movies. I mean, it's not they're not huge special effects. Usually they're not like always pulling in like huge name actors. Um, And so oftentimes these are like fairly cost efficient films. And then they're so highly popular that they're actually like making these companies quite a bit of money. Um, Some other fun facts is that a lot of these films are actually filmed in Canada for a few different reasons. One, I was reading that it's a little bit um, cheaper for some reason to film in Canada, but also because there's snow maybe more often during the year and (laughs) some more interesting um, landscapes and stuff than you might find in the U.S. And that these films can only take like two or three weeks to film, which again, if you're thinking about like low budget, like cost efficient, like how can we get the most bang for our buck? Like it takes two to three weeks to film this movie and that's it. That's funny too because I've watched these movies and I've definitely thought like, okay, it looks like it's summer where they are, but they have like fake snow going. I read an article about how they make fake snow like on the different sets and how like you can be somewhere pretty warm because the movies need to be made, wrapped, edited, ready to go for December, right? So you're actually right. making them oftentimes not in the winter or unless you're going to have like a, a longer kind of wait before it comes out. So you can sometimes see that it might be actually a little bit warmer than they would like where they're filming and then it's like, you know, with snow and sweaters and jackets and all of that, which is, I think, also interesting. And I think sometimes they can get more known actors and actresses, but I think there's there's like a stream or a steady stream of certain actresses, I feel like, or even actors that I see in a lot of these movies. One of the actresses I see in a lot of these movies is the actress who plays Gretchen from Mean Girls. I think I've also seen that it's pretty popular, the two two of the actresses from Full House, I think, right? Yes. One of them is Candace Cameron Bure. She comes out in a lot of the movies. Um, also, I used to be a big fan of One Tree Hill, and I think those actresses, they I often see them in these Christmas movies too. So like Bethany Joy Lenz, I know has been in a couple of them. Um, so, you know, I definitely see some actresses and even actors that I recognize, um, but I've never seen like Matt Damon in one of them. (laughs) (laughs) That would be interesting. Yeah, you're right. There are definitely some like cameos. I want to say cameos, but like one time, like, like you said, I think there was like a Chad Michael Murray one. Yes, there was. Yeah. Like you'll, every once in a while you'll see like someone you're like, oh, that person's actually pretty famous, um, that ends up starring in some of these movies. Exactly. I think, you know, that happens with that Comedy Central one that we were mentioning, the Clusterfunk Christmas. That one has recognizable actors and actresses um, and is through Comedy Central and is made to be kind of satirical. It reminded me of Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig a couple years back made a Lifetime movie, um, one of the more traditional kind of like murder mystery suspense ones um, about like a nanny. Um, But it kind of reminded me of that. So we know they're largely popular. We know they maybe don't make take that much money to make, but somehow are keeping Hallmark and Lifetime channels afloat <laughs> in the Christmas holiday season. So why do we keep back, come back and keep watching these movies, maybe even the same ones, over and over again year after year? We touched on some of these things. So it's kind of that formula, right? Like, it, you know, we see it in the movies we've talked about or in some of the description. But oftentimes, one of the reasons why people seek these movies out or find enjoyment in them is because they are familiar and predictable. And usually that entails having a very, 
you know, kind of inevitable positive ending. Like we know that they're going to be over the top. We know there's going to be some kind of conflict, but we know everything's going to get resolved. And at the end, there's going to be a feel good ending. Um, so this formula really is part of the reason why people seek these movies out and why they also enjoy them. And we're going to kind of dive into each of these components a bit more. But that really is what brings people you know, what kind of catches people in this net of holiday movie watching. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of parallels made between these holiday movies and like fairy tales, for example, of at least the traditional fairy tales that we might think of, maybe not like grim fairy tales, uh, but the kind of more (laughs) modern adaptations where, again, we have maybe these common archetypes or common themes like a hero story where they we follow this hero they go through this transformation they face these challenges and conflicts and they come out on the end having succeeded and met all these challenges and there's this happy ending like we might see in a fairy tale we see that somewhat paralleled in the holiday films yes and this is really the crux some people would say of all storytelling are these kind of archetypical stories and like these, like, you know, this kind of formula that things follow. And interestingly, we won't like get too much into this, but this really was believed to begin with Carl Jung, who was an influential Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst and, you know, an important figure kind of in the history of some psychological like themes and constructs. And he came up with this idea of the Jungian archetypes, which were defined really as these kind of like universal symbols and images that he believed derived from like the collective unconsciousness of humankind. Um, And that really these are um, patterns of behavior or tendencies which which then shape human behavior. So, you know, like Dr. Fran was talking about the hero. This is a pattern and story we all know. Someone is going to face a challenge and overcome it, right? That is a common archetype that we see often in stories. And there are a lot of these in all the movies, TV shows, books that we read and stories that we know. And I bet you didn't think we were going to get this deep on an episode about Hallmark movies. But here we are. (laughs) Yes, I mean, storytelling is a a really important thing for a lot of cultures and societies. So, you know, there is a whole science and exploration to it in itself. So we won't continue to go too deep into that, but just kind of an interesting um, tidbit to know that this is part of the reason why we recognize this formula, why we recognize this story um, arch in this kind of story, because we've heard it in a lot of different ways. And that's one of the things that's so surprising about these Hallmark movies. You kind of think like, how many movies can be made about a girl going to a small town and falling in love? Well, the answer is endless. Like, a lot. Like, <laughs> a lot. Different types of professions, different types of conflict, different types of like, you know, she saves Christmas in different ways. Like, you know, they all have their own spin. So a lot of things can come from this one archetype. And that's what seems to be one reason why people might gravitate towards this type of film is that it is predictable and we do understand this. So there are a lot of ways that that ends up being satisfying for us. I've seen a lot of um, kind of things going around on social media about why we tend to like these types of movies or why we might rewatch films or TV shows over again because it somehow feels safer or it's more predictable and it's comforting when we know how something's going to end versus some of the other shows and movies we've talked about which are like really thriller and suspenseful and we don't know what's going to happen that we might actually elicit some level of like anxiety or stress when watching those. These might be the opposite where it's very predictable, we know what's going to happen and it's very comforting in that way. Very true, Dr. Fran. And I think what's interesting is we've talked about both types of those movies, right? So there are certain 
personality types or certain factors that also draw us to that thrill and suspense. And then on the other end, sometimes we just want something that's predictable and safe and we know is going to have a happy ending. And that makes us happy too. And I think that's a big piece with the Hallmark holiday movies. So there is a behavioral scientist named Pamela Rutledge, um, and she really specializes in media psychology. Um, But when I was doing a lot of reading on kind of like Hallmark holiday movies, she came up a lot. She, you know, she, this is something that she studied and has kind of given an opinion on. We'll also link to her website where she talks about um, holiday movies and why we love them. But she often talked about um, one of the biggest factors, and Dr. Fran and I have alluded to this as well, is that these movies do induce positive emotions. So oftentimes they have humor, they have romance, you know, they're very aesthetically pleasing or it's a beautiful location with mountains and snow and there's Christmas or holiday decorations everywhere, right? So they look really appealing to look at. Um, Oftentimes the cast is attractive and then there's usually a satisfying or happy ending. So all of these things can kind of help to induce a positive emotion or positive reaction when we're watching the movie, um, which gives us that kind of feel good sense and we know it's going to have a happy ending and that adds to the enjoyment as well. Yeah, something else that I read that she talked about similar is also that it can elicit nostalgia. So oftentimes we might have positive memories or emotions tied to childhood memories of, you know, the holidays or the Christmas time, or so it might be like holiday music or, you know, the visuals, like when we see them put like the Christmas tree, maybe that thing reminds us of our own memories of lighting Christmas tree. So depending on what your own memories and like experiences of those times have been, there might be a way that that elicits some nostalgia and, you know, kind of like a longing or like feeling happy thinking about like those happier times. Yes, I agree with that. And I think one of the other factors that comes up is kind of this like um, leaving people feeling hopeful. So another thing is these movies often seem a little over the top, right? Like you have to fly out tomorrow morning, like it's the day before Christmas and you have to buy this in from this life. Like, you know, they're a little bit over the top what happens in them. Um, So are you saying that that it's not realistic that I'm going to go cover a story in a foreign country and then marry a prince? Maybe not, you know, (laughs) I mean, not impossible, but not probable. And so usually they are like that, right? Like it's a little over the top. Like I'm not going to all of a sudden inherit a castle in a small country or something like that. And that's often what happens in these types of movies. But we're we're able to overlook that because they kind of leave us with this sense of like hope, right? Like they usually are about like social connection or finding love or being understood. And that also allows us to feel like, oh, like even though the rest of it is over the top, those kind of more um, relatable messages shine through and give us hope that, you know, we can also find that connection. Yeah, I think similarly, there's a lot of connections between these types of movies and thinking about like reminding us of our values or like what's important this time of year, which relates a little bit actually to our Grinch episode from last (laughs) holiday season. If you haven't checked that one out, I highly recommend it where we kind of talk about this balance of like consumerism. And that's the whole point of the Grinch partially is thinking about like, what is Christmas really about? And what they come to realize, spoiler alert, is that Christmas is about family and connection and being with loved ones. Um, And so sometimes these Hallmark movies can also serve to remind us of some of those same themes. So like being part of a community or being with family or overcoming personal challenges or you know, going on and becoming some, you know, having a family business or whatever the kind of different <laughs> different tropes that come up in this are. But again, just another way to kind of remind us what's important to us and, and what are the things that might matter during this holiday season where it can be easy sometimes to forget that. Yeah, or feel very stressed. We've talked about yeah. also in our Grinch episode in our mini session on the family holiday drama 
Holiday times can be stressful for many people for various reasons. And so sometimes also this can be an escape from that. Like, okay, the holiday season might be stressful, but let me watch this beautiful holiday movie where everything's going to be wrapped up with a beautiful Christmas bow at the end. Um, And that can give me, you know, that can help relieve some of my stress or make me feel happy or make me feel hopeful. Um, You know, so I think that also helps with that. And major spoiler alert every single one of these movies they always find the spirit of christmas they always (laughs) learn the deeper meaning of christmas so sorry for any future hallmark christmas movie you're going to watch but that is a big spoiler (laughs) it would be fascinating to see like an anti-archetype hallmark movie (laughs) and see like if it was popular or if everyone was just like why would i watch this this is terrible yeah it makes me feel miserable dr (laughs) fran and i are now going to produce that movie so be on the lookout So something fun that we did is obviously we did some research. We looked into like what scientifically are the reasons that we are interested in Hallmark movies and why do we gravitate towards them? Some of you, as you are listening, might be like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's why I think that I like holiday or Hallmark movies. Um, So we asked some fans who followed the podcast and who are fans of also these Hallmark movies. What were some reasons they felt like they enjoyed this genre? So we wanted to share some of those with you because they map on pretty well to what we just covered. Yes. So one of our fans noted that part of the fun of watching Hallmark Christmas movies is making fun of how bad they are. Part is that they're easy to pick up on no matter what point in the movie you start watching. And the final part is that they're just sappy and wholesome. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I like the making fun of how bad it is. I think most people who watch these type of movies recognize that they're absurd and outlandish and cheesy. But there's something about that that is gratifying. Or at least you can like make fun of yourself for being invested in them exactly it doesn't deter you like knowing that it's over the top knowing that it's cheesy it's like that's okay i'm in it for the payout at the end (laughs) which i also know what that's going to be but i'm still here Another um, response we got was pretty similar, but uh, says, because they're predictable, there's no guessing. You always know what you're going to get, and they just make you feel good. Plus, it's fun to laugh at the cheesiness. Yeah. Another um, listener that weighed in about why they love the Hallmark Christmas movie said, because they have a pretty singular purpose, to remind people that the love of family and friends is worth celebrating during the holiday season. That's a purpose I can get behind. I'm also always super stressed during the holidays, so Hallmark Christmas movies give me all the warm, fuzzy feelings I want and need. Also in line with what we talked about, you know, kind of that escape from stressful times, knowing that there's going to be a happy ending, kind of inducing those positive feelings during the holiday season. Absolutely. So I think all of these make sense in terms of all the things we talked about, that predictability, uh, that escapism, or trying to get away from the stress, eliciting positive emotions, things that are relatively straightforward and don't take a lot of like mental energy to like understand the plot. Although sometimes the plots get a little convoluted or a little bit outlandish there. Yeah. Like people are lying and tricking each other and like, who is who? What's the purpose of that? And then it doesn't really even matter. Yeah. (laughs) Or when they start to involve like supernatural, you know, or like Santa Claus is actually. Yeah, exactly. Everyone is Santa. (laughs) Anyone can be Santa. Yeah, some of them are about finding Santa, so you never know. Um, and another major one of the theme was that, you know, not only are they predictable, but knowing that the ending is going to be a happy one and that that kind of distracts from stresses in life or, you know, things that might be stressful during the season. Um, we also did find a clip where the actress from Clusterfunk Christmas, Val Lavelle, speaks about why she actually is a fan of Hallmark movies and why she loves them. I I do. I'm a huge fan. Um, <laughs> my guilty pleasure. I love I love how predictable they all are. I love that there's 
Christmas in every shot. It just, <laughs> it just makes you feel good. So we've talked about kind of what makes a Hallmark Christmas movie, why people love them. We got some specific feedback from folks about why they love them. Now, one thing we thought would be fun to kind of wrap up One of the things that I personally love about these Christmas movies is the descriptions of them. So the titles are always like some kind of pun, like a holiday pun, and the descriptions are always a little bit outlandish. So Dr. Fran and I are going to take turns sharing some actual titles of holiday Christmas movies that fit in the genre, and then we're going to play a game where we will read descriptions to each other and guess which one of them are actual Harmark movies or made up. I feel like I'm not going to do very well at the game part of it. So the first uh, description I have for you, I specifically tried to find and see if there were any Hallmark movies out there that had like therapy or a psychologist. And so I came across this movie called Just in Time for Christmas. And the description is a young psychology professor has to choose between marrying her longtime beau or accepting a once in a lifetime job at Yale University to help her make a decision. A magical messenger lets her see both possible futures so she'll be able to make the right decision. Whoa, Magical Messenger? This one has it all. Big time job, small town, love interest. What should she do? Uh, She should take the job at Yale is what she should do. I'm pretty sure she's going to find the true meaning of Christmas and stay with the love of her life and somehow still get the job. It's weird that way, but the job might now be making Christmas cookies. We don't know. (laughs) Very true. All right. The next one is Christmas Under Wraps. After unexpectedly moving to Alaska, an ambitious doctor starts a new romance and learns that her small town is hiding a holiday secret. Ooh, I like that they're in Alaska. No shortage of snow in Alaska. (laughs) But a shortage of doctors. I've seen that one, so I know. (laughs) So she does get to keep her profession, just does it in a small town? She does. She goes there to, I think the whole thing is like she doesn't apply for like the fellowship on time. And so the only one that's available is like in Alaska. So she goes to this like small town. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. All right. Next one we've got is Christmas Makeover. A TV personality's image takes a hit when she admits on air that she hates Christmas. (laughs) Oh, she's one of those. (laughs) In order to restore her reputation, she films a special in a small town. While there, she feels the Christmas spirit for the first time. This one has it all. Hates Christmas. It literally says small town and spirit of Christmas. Like... The only thing it does not explicitly state that it has is a love interest, but I would be 100% shocked if this did not involve some type of love interest. It has to have a love interest. The love interest is always intertwined with the Christmas spirit somehow, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I thought Christmas spirit must be a euphemism for love interest. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And the last one, a Christmas witness. Okay, this one has a lot going on. Federal Marshal Jessica Temple must keep mob informant and ladies' man Dean Kupo safe until he testifies the day after Christmas, because that's when most court cases occur. <laughs> Just I added that part. But the scorned mob boss's wife, a case of mistaken identity with a mall Santa Claus, an overly amorous mayor, and a pugnacious hitman, and a hideout town bubbling over with holiday cheer derail the mission. That's all one sentence. That's a lot going on. They might need someone to help with their their summary writing here because that was hard (laughs) to follow. But 
but that's probably what the movie's like. It's probably hard to follow. Like this Marshall, I guess, is taking this guy, and there's all these other people getting in the way. One of them is a Santa Claus. So I don't know. Of, of the four we just read, that might be the one I'm most intrigued to watch, just to see like how do they weave this all together. I'm also intrigued, and it is a 2021 movie. So oh, it's brand new. <laughs> nice. I just recently watched one that was called No Sleep Till Christmas. Um, and one of my friends, when I told them I was watching the movie and what it was about, they're like, let me guess. It's called No Sleep Till Christmas. I'm like, how could you guess that? He, and the friend said, well, it's always about the puns with these Christmas movies. And they were spot on. <laughs> wow. That's impressive. All right. Let's do the game and see if we can guess. Okay. I will give you one first, Dr. Fran. This one is called Special Delivery. A lonely postal worker frustrated by the volume of Christmas packages finds himself with a special delivery, one that delivers him with a new outlook on the holidays and a second chance at love. Is that a real Hallmark movie or a fake one? That sounds real. That one is not a Hallmark oh, movie. <laughs> Probably because it's a male lead, so those don't exist. Oh. <laughs> there are more now, but not typical. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dr. Sam. This one is called Bark, the Herald Angels Sing. <laughs> I'm laughing just even at the title. Okay. Can a missing Boston Terrier have the power to remind a community about the true meaning of Christmas and help the families of two star-crossed lovers find peace in a forbidden romance? You better believe if that terrier belongs to Miss Edith May, the beloved town gossip. I think that one's a Hallmark movie. You think it's real? I think so. It's so ridiculous. It has to be real. It's not real. Uh, <laughs> okay. It was too ridiculous. I thought maybe that was why it would be real. <laughs> okay. Let's do one more. Ready? Yep. A Nashville Christmas Carol. Inspired by the Charles Dickens classic, this is the story of a TV producer working on a country music special who gets a visit from the ghost of her mentor. The appearance forces her to reconsider her life path. Is that a Hallmark movie or not? I want it to be real, so I'm going to say yes. That one is a real one. We finally got one real one. <laughs> um, but just goes to show you, you know, it's difficult to determine whether or not they're real Hallmark movies or not. Because even though it has the formula, they can be a little too outlandish or maybe just not created yet that doesn't mean it won't be created well and when we're guessing right like we both guessed that they were real because we just know that hallmark movies are known to have these outlandish ridiculous plots that might involve a dog saving christmas and helping two people come together even though it wasn't a real one but there's a reason we think that could be feasible is because that's just what these movies are known for very true and these movies also are known for like we've talked about in terms of production and they don't usually have like you know more famous actors and things like that. But one of the things that the Clusterfunk Christmas also notes on is that they often have cisgendered and largely white cast, which, as you know, we've also talked about representation a lot. So there is a trend, I will say, you know, like in the greater me uh, media industry, um, luckily, and could always be done quicker. But there is a trend of having more, you know, people of color, more representation on the screens. I know that there is um, one of the more recent Christmas holiday movies that was released on Netflix is uh, features a gay lead. So, you know, and a, a gay love story. So, you know, it's changing slowly, but largely, like Dr. Fran has mentioned, it's about like a white woman <laughs> and like her love story. Yeah. I've also seen a shift 
again, very slowly of focusing on other holidays that go on around the winter yes. time instead of just only about Christmas all the time, which is like the most common. But I think there was a Hallmark one um, about Hanukkah and there's been like other films that have come out that are starting to shift away from like just the one kind of, yeah, white woman Christmas story. Exactly. And that might make these movies more enjoyable to a larger audience um, as well. So. So I think that is it for our mini session today. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you do find any Hallmark movies with psychologists or therapists in them or therapy scenes, send them our way and maybe we will cover them in a future holiday season. Oh, gosh. The therapists are all going to be falling in love with patients, I bet. (laughs) Not good. And please keep an eye out for our upcoming sessions. We have some special sessions, including one on a holiday movie for later on this month. We will also be covering the movie Side Effects with a very special guest and Ted Lasso. I'm so excited for our upcoming episodes. Um, I also hope you will check us out on social media at Freud Scripts Pod for our monthly Freudian Scripture Spotlight. And don't forget to leave a review for a free sticker. And as always, please check out our website for resources and a glossary of new terms. For today's mini session, we will have some clips up there for you. Some of the references talking about the psychology behind Hallmark movies and archetypes will be on there as well. And we always love to hear any thoughts, questions, feedbacks that you have about psychology, today's topic, or other future topics that we could put on the couch next. And as you probably have learned, I'm a big SNL fan, so I will put a few clips from SNL making fun of Hallmark movies on there as little nuggets for your enjoyment. Yes, they're just so easy to make fun of. (laughs) And as always, please subscribe, rate, and review. Time's up. See you next session. We'd like to thank our producer, Brandon, creative director, Eric, and webmaster, Don. Jeffrey? Wait, Jeffrey? You are Santa.